Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1386 of the Lofton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And I also want to tell you, as always, to make this your first listen over at the Lofton Hawks podcast each and every day. Check us out across podcast platforms. You have Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and Odyssey and Google Play on the audio only side. And then also, we are on YouTube on video and today's show is actually part one of a two-part episode i did with brian schroeder nba draft expert brian's been on the show many times i teased this show last night as well but this is pre-recorded it was recorded over the weekend i have some scheduled stuff this week so this is a good way to kind of plug in the gap between the hawks on their on their long road trip to california and then a home game on wednesday so kind of a two-part really deep dive like almost two hours of content over this uh, particular two show period and obviously not done a ton of nba draft at this point dating back to the offseason but we're, it's, we're sort of ramp, ramping up now that we're in january plenty of uh, draft coverage to come not full-fledged until the Hawks are out of it, of course, but certainly a lot to get into with where the Hawks are in the middle of the draft, as well as the top of the draft. Very interesting class. Victor Womanyama, Scoot Henderson among them, and uh, Brian's thoughts on all the top guys, really. All the top 20, 25 guys. We discuss all of that, some sleepers, some uh, guys we're higher on, guys we're lower on, and all that fun stuff. So stay tuned for all of that. And after the intro, I'll be back with myself and Brian Schroeder. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am joined now by a frequent guest of the podcast, our first NBA draft discussion really since uh, the season started. And I'm joined as always, really for draft stuff by Brian Schroeder. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Uh, How's it going? I'm well. It's going. Uh, it's going. It's going. Uh, yeah, we're recording this a couple of days before it's going to actually air, but nothing's going to drastically change, I don't think, in the draft world. And uh, it was ironic. You and I uh, connected in the last couple of days. And, you know, Hawks fans in the middle of this downturn from the team, I've gotten some joking and then not so joking uh, asks to start doing some draft talk because that's what happens when the team loses. They want to start talking mm-hmm. about the draft. So a good time in between games. The Hawks have two days off here and uh, sort of a good time to get into some draft stuff. I'm going to ask you about a guy on the team now in a second. But before we do that, broadly speaking, you were on the show late summer into training camp uh, about the draft. I'm wondering, has anything, like you know, as far as like themes are concerned, like what's this class looking like for you? Has anything changed majorly in terms of the, the depth of the class, the top of the class yeah. in the last couple of months? Well, the top of the class hasn't changed. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. the top two. I mean, I was, for a little while, I was a little bit, I think I was like 70 30 scoot versus anyone else for the second spot it was really just if he can shoot he'll get it and turns out he can shoot so yeah it's he uh there's a little bit of like a bitter irony in that he was the only guy so far who's had like a serious injury to in this time you know all the talk was about women yama's body not holding up scoot got hit in the face broke his nose had a concussion missed like three and a half weeks but came back um attempting to kill everyone in the g league <laughs> like that dunk he had on Ferron hunt was ferocious but yeah the, the top of the draft i will say this is the best draft since 2018 like overall hmm. i will say i don't think there's as much guaranteed star like even in 2018 like even in that draft people who knew better aiden was like a probable star Doncic was what he i mean i don't think he was probably this good but he was you know all-time great prospect trey young was like a star level prospect and then you know there's been like guys like bridges shea even uh 
I was gonna say Bagley. Who else am I thinking of? Jaron. Jaron, who are like all star level guys. They could guys who could make an all star team. I don't know if there's that many guys in this draft, but the positive is there's been like a cycle. We haven't had like a super deep guard draft in a while. It's kind of concerning, but this is a wing draft. That's been the big thing in the last eight weeks. I've really there's in my top. I don't know, 25, which is like my first two tiers. There's like 12 or 13 like wings, like real like two, three, four guys who are legitimate NBA wing level players, which is a lot. Great to be if you were a team, let's say, uh, well, the Hawks can always use wings, but like I'm thinking specifically of the Indiana Pacers, who, um, whose entire draft strategy is going to be get as many 3D guys around Tyrese Halliburton as humanly possible. They have four top 35 picks in this class, which is they're going to get at least two guys who should not fall to them. And it's going to be make them very difficult to deal with in the next couple of years. But that's the big thing for the 23 draft is it's just a lot of it's got the best prospect that any of us have ever seen. It's got one of the best guard prospects of the last two decades. And then it's just wing city. Like if you are six, five to six, eight and like a legitimate first round player. There's about 20 of you. That's just a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's really farther down either. There's guys on my 40s and 50s who are like interesting wings. Well, and you know, every team, no matter how many wings you have, you know, every team wants more mm-hmm. of them, basically. Um, and you know, this is a Hawks podcast, but even beyond the Hawks, like how many teams in the league don't have even like a clear wing need. I mean, there's only a few teams that don't, and even then they still want them. Like <laughs> you, um, you know, the Hawks need them. Every, every team, the Hawks just drafted a first round wing last year. I'm going to ask you about in a second. And they still, I think certainly should be looking for more wings. Need more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that when it, when it comes to the draft projecting uh, forward and all of that. Um, and we'll get into some names in a second, but um, I'm intrigued by you saying it's the best draft since 2018 because, you know, it's still early, you know, January is this weird kind of middle ground as conference mm-hmm. play starts heating up in college, the top three, maybe top four guys for some people are not playing college basketball. It feels like the diehards are all in on this class, but also mm-hmm. it feels like the, the more casual draft observers are having a harder time because it's a lot mm-hmm. harder to watch the G league. And it's a lot harder to watch overtime elite than it is to watch um, major college basketball. Are you getting that feeling? Well, I know you're, it's you're not really, leads, it's- but it's not anymore. G League is is really easy to watch, and if you That's have true. Amazon Prime, Overtime Elite is on there. But you you know what I mean. It's more of like a uh, convenience factor. Like you know, yes. I'm thinking about people don't people don't turn those games on to have them on the background. You're yeah, either all and... in or all or out on that experience. I was gonna say. I mean, I'm thinking back to speaking of 2018. You know, Trey's a great example. This is a Hawks podcast, but Trey was on 20 times national TV that season. Mm-hmm. Like they were mm-hmm. running. ESPN was running promos on Trey. Like obviously Luca was not on TV all the time, but Trey Young was everywhere in college. And there isn't a guy like that. Um, obviously Vic's being talked about on all the shows because he and he should be, but like you have to go looking for his games. Um, whereas like Big Monday, yeah, they're gonna have some Duke. Yep. They're gonna have some Cam Whitmore. Like they're gonna have some of the guys that you recognize, but there's no and like the, bold face name playing everything. The main three college freshmen coming into this year have all had injury problems which has been concerning. Although two of them I think are starting to become themselves. They both had awesome games today. So today on the 7th of January. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, is there anything else to be, even be said about Victor? I mean, we can, we could do the whole thing now. No. We talked about it before. Like I'm not even this- watching him anymore. There's no point. <laughs> well, so, I mean, 
Yeah. You said there's he's nothing, the best prospect like, of all time. I mean, I, I think it's almost consensus now that he's the best guy since LeBron in terms of just raw of, his, of this digital age, yeah. Prospect status. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where no one's saying that he definitely will be as good as those guys, but in terms of like tools and prospect status, mm. I mean, you can't replicate the seven three plus skill set that he has. Um I, I guess before we move on from him, and we, we will move on from him quickly. Um but you know everyone's dreaming of of him. Uh, what is he even like, for people that haven't seen him? Because there are some people, some people that have seen only only raw clips. Like, give me. Do you, I, I know how your brain works? Do you have Do you have your player comp ready for Vic yet? Because I know it's like, had it's it, kind I've of impossible. Had it for, but. I've had it since he was in twenty twenty one the twenty nineteen <laughs> league. It's of course you have uh, high school Kareem. It's Kareem. Kareem with with three point shooting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like just like absurd. power like. Like Luol Cinder at, at Power Academy, like that's what he is, and Ralph Sampson, that one works too. Like, you no, know, he's you look at him, he's the first guy since I've been doing this that you you look at him and you it's not hard at all to say this could be the best basketball player that's ever lived. Now he could not be, but like sure. that's that's the level of prospect he is. So there's really no other. Nobody, Scoot is having a, a great year in a real professional league playing against grown adult men, looking like. Baron Davis and Derrick Rose and and John Wall and all those guys, and the, I don't think there's any there's no NBA person who would tell you there's no he's not going number he's not going number one. Well, I mean, I no. won't have to lose a limb at this point. Yeah, I think it would have to be a serious physical like medical evaluation issue for Vic to not mm-hmm. go number one. Uh, Scoot, by the way, to your point. I think we'll be talking about him even less on this podcast because it's a Hawks show and like the Hawks obviously would yeah. not be in the market for Scoot, even if they were to get the number two pick. I'm not sure how, how they how they, even, how they even handle that. They probably have to trade it because they're not drafting Scoot. I, don't, I know he's a local product, but you can't draft Scoot when you have Trey and Ashante on the team. Um, but uh, Scoot as an 18 year old, even last year as a 17 year old, being a good G League player is like kind of it's kind of amazing that 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 yeah. actually happened. I know that's kind of get, that gets overlooked by by more like more casual observers, but like because the G League is is a good league. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, right there in the name. Yeah, it's true. Um, but the fact that he's still eighteen as we're talking, Scoot is, and he's like legitimately one of the best players in the G League, if not the best player in the G League already, and. You know, yeah, he's he's a monster. I mean, I, I'm excited to I'm excited to talk about him from a non-Hawks context in the future. I think that there are teams that would love to have him. He would go number one in a lot of drafts. Um, it seems like. I mean, you can correct me, but I feel like he's a, he, he'd be a legitimate number one prospect yeah. in a lot. Of, in a lot of I mean, I think that's a little overstated. Like, probably go number one last year. Twenty one, push. Twenty, he would go number one. Twenty would go number one. Yeah, I was going to say that that was that was the class we all, that we all talked about for a year. But he wouldn't he wouldn't go to number one in 2019. I don't care what no. happens. No, no, no. He wouldn't go ahead of Zion. That, that would not happen. No. Um, but, and then 2018, actually, maybe. I, I was going to ask you if we got to this, so I'll just do it now. Who's a better prospect at the college, uh, sorry, 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 pre-draft level? Uh, were you higher on Scoot now or, or, or where John Morant was as a prospect? Scoot. Yeah. I kind of agree, I think. I had some concerns about Ja, and they've mostly not been – they've mostly been borne out to not be legitimate. Same. Yes. He's got he's he's been better than I thought he was going to be, but uh, I I would agree. I think that on prospect status alone, I would have I would have taken Scoot too, which is a good indication yeah. because Ja was uh, not really in the mix to go ahead of Zion, but was a clear number two in that class. Like everyone knew mm-hmm. he was going to go number two, and that's kind of the same feeling I'm having now. Like you just talked about with with Scoot going number two, I think unless something weird happens or a team wins the lo- wins the number, the number two lottery spot that just doesn't need him, like for instance, if the Hawks were to bottom out mm-hmm. and, la- and land at two, even then they probably would just trade the pick. I think. 
if I had to guess. So <laughs> yeah. he probably still goes number two overall, I'd imagine. You could get, I mean, you could get a lot for, you could theoretically, again, like the team like the Thunder or the Pacers who have an arsenal of picks. Pacers yeah. one's probably too far back, but I, I would consider it. Like, Before, I think they would get they would get roasted for that, I feel like. But if, if you're at yeah. the second pick and let's say the Pacers have like 16, they have like 16, 20, 25, 33 or something like that. That's a that's a lot of like those are good those are gonna be good players, and then you can well, take two of those picks and pay, pay for like seven or something. That'd be the other it's all, it's also a perfect storm. I mean, obviously this the whole thing is unlikely to happen. So we should just say that out loud. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the Hawks are gonna bottom out. I don't think they're gonna get lucky to do that. But the thing is, how many teams could possibly be in a situation where it is the right evaluation to have Scoot at number two and still like legitimately they could not take him because they have Trey DeJounte like they couldn't draft him realistically I don't think it, that's a scenario with Victor like it doesn't kind of doesn't matter what happens but with Scoot yeah, like nice. you can at least as I think maybe the Hawks of any team in the entire league maybe have the least pathway to taking Scoot Henderson <laughs> because of the guys they have on the roster already mm. so it's just interesting anyway that's for another day we'll save it for later if that, if that becomes a thing we'll talk about it Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option this year, check out the warming app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. I love it. I know that you will too. It's so very easy to use. I can vouch for that. I use Prize Picks almost daily and really enjoy the process in the NBA in particular. All you have to do is go to six players, choose whether they actually have more or less than a certain number of points or rebounds or assists or fantasy score, etc. And at Prize Picks works 25 times. Yes, 25 times the money on your entry. Prospects also offers numbers across sports that you might enjoy. That includes beyond the NBA. They have college basketball. They have the NBA. They have the NBA, of course. They have NFL, college football, MLB, NHL, PGA, soccer, esports, and much more. An entire entry can be done just a minute or less. It's that easy and it's that quick. Plus, it's you against the projected numbers. It's that simple. And they also have safe and fast withdrawals of prize picks. They're operating in more than 30 states in Canada. And you can download the Price Picks app right now or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play DFS immediately. First time users also have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Check it all out now at Price Picks. Today's show is brought to you by Big Dog Speakers. And I have to ask you a question Can your portable Bluetooth speaker even think about hanging with the Big Dog? The Scout from Big Dog Speakers is a portable Bluetooth speaker specifically designed in Augusta, Georgia, to deliver huge sound that is very clear, plus it has fantastic battery life, connectivity options, and they do it all at a competitive price. The Big Dog Scout speaker also gets louder than max volume of 105 decibels, and that's louder than the competition while still maintaining the high-quality sound that you're looking for. You could party with your friends or blow up the beach, something that's more practical, like making a phone call, and a Big Dog speaker is built to do absolutely all of that. Plus, Big Dog speakers are backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee plus a one-year warranty. It's time to go big with Big Dog speakers. They have the ability to charge their devices. They have 15, 15 hours of playback. Uh, the 105 decibels, as mentioned before, and even the ability to pair two together, like I have in my setup, for enhanced stereo sound and a waterproof package. The Big Dog Scout is available right now at BigDogSpeakers.com for $99. You have 20% off with promo code Locked On. For more information, check out BigDogSpeakers.com, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On one more time. That is BigDogSpeakers.com, promo code Locked On. I want to ask you before we move on to, the, to other draft stuff uh, about AJ Griffin, who I know you liked a lot. He's on the Hawks. This is our one sort of Hawks crossover on this on this discussion. He's been quite good to this point. Importantly, knock on wood, no injuries. Like has not been has not been listed on injury report for a single day all season long, which is awesome to see. Nope. Uh, I know you were super high on him. So, uh, what have you seen so far? I'm sure you're not surprised, but uh, I've been nope. I've been very impressed. He's been a top you know five six seven rookie in the league so far. And when you get that guy in the middle of the, uh, sorry post lottery, that's a pretty good spot to be in. Mm. He's been great. He's been a, a, a mobile shooting platform. Like he's a he's like a trebuchet. <laughs> 
you load him, you you park him outside the enemy's defenses, and he just goes crazy. But yeah, I, all the stuff that I knew he could do, all the creation stuff, all the spin dribbles and like the little pull ups, he always had that. He always did that. Coach K just is a nine thousand year old man who didn't let him do it because he was injured when they started their. That, that's really the, the college coach thing. Izzo does it. Calipari definitely does it. Whatever their first practices in the summer are, that's a team. It takes them forever to change. Best example is, is Shea not being a starting. Not only was he not starting, he wasn't even like a. He didn't get plays run for him until like January of the year he got drafted, which is crazy to look at now. Which is why he was kind of an undervalued pick because he only averaged like 13 points a game because they had to give the ball to some senior point guard who sucked. I don't even remember who was on that team. That's how bad that team was. <laughs> Thankfully, nothing like that's ever happened with Kentucky before and never will again. It isn't currently happening right now. Uh, but yeah, AJ's been. He's been, he's been great. You know, I, his, his athleticism hasn't really come back, and I, I don't know if it will come back to, like, 2018-level A.J. Griffin because he was, like, 15 pounds lighter, 20 pounds lighter. Than. He's really big. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I knew that, but then you stand, you stand next to the guy, and this is obviously anecdotal, but I stood next to him a few times now, like, side by side, and it's like he's, he's really, really big, and not in mm-hmm. a bad way. He's just really thick, and I think, to your point, I think he's been more explosive this year than he was last year. Um, I think he's probably, you know, he's probably healthier for one. He's probably in better shape because mm-hmm. he's in the NBA. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder, like, if that high school level is there still. Um, I've been impressed, though, on what I've seen so far physically. Like, not not that he's blowing anybody, anybody away, but given the size, he knows how to use his size, like, you know, the strength. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he's still 19 and like you wouldn't know that by his physical. He also plays under control, which is a whole other thing to talk about if you want to. But like he he's really mature in the way he plays. Like he's not yeah. in a rush ever in a way that like most 19 year olds are always in a rush. And he's really not like ever. Like he's very under control, sometimes almost to the point where like you want to be more aggressive. But uh, I-, I agree with you on the explosion. So maybe he's not going to be back to that like, you know, superstar prospect. But, you know. He's already kind of he's already a potential. I don't. I don't. People keep asking me like what his ceiling is. I'm not entirely sure right now. I don't think it's like all in guy NBA who probably. But guy who uh, yeah, yeah. I think guy who starts. That's all you can say right now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. I I think you know people get the all It's it's early, but uh, I've been very impressed, and I know that you have always been high on him. So I wanted to bring it up because uh, you were high, you were hurt, you were early on AJ Griffin <laughs> compared to everybody. I think we're we're gonna with him last year by the end. Six. Six. He was my number yeah. one prospect coming into I remember the summer. I knew I knew you were super hot. I mean, and you know, I, I had him five. Uh, you know, I had him like five five. you had him five last year. So I mean I think yeah. you were one of the highest people on him. I think you're looking to be on the correct side of that. Um and you know, the Hawks benefited, I think, from some in, some injury red flags that allowed him to slip. But again, he's there's nothing I've heard medical wise it's bad and i think he's been healthy all year long and hopefully that continues but that was a it's a steal and to, to your discussion before about the wings in this draft you know the fact that the hawks have a guy who would be draft age this year for sure um yes. at, ni- at 19 in aj who has already proven to be a competent nba player at 19 years old bringing that guy back in year two and year three and year four is uh is, is huge uh, i've al- i've already been saying this too like if they didn't have him this year, they would be in trouble, which is crazy. Like I, I am mm-hmm. usually not a big rookie guy, and he's been very effective to the point where like he's kind of indispensable for them. 
and that's only going to grow and grow and grow, particularly if Bogey leaves, et cetera. Like, there's the role's going to get bigger, and he'll be a monster part of the team. Yeah, the only guy in my, my lottery last year that I'm not feeling great about was Johnny Davis. And I was kind of bullied to put him in there. That has not gone well so far for Johnny. I like I like Johnny too. Not not like over the moon, but uh, I've been I was I'm surprised he's been as bad as he's been. I'll say that. Yeah, my um, top ten, my top group, my number one was was Ivy, Chet, Paolo, Jabari Smith, AJ, Jalen Duran, Shaden, Dyson Daniels, Tari Eason, Keegan Murray. So I I should have had Matherin. Obviously, but that's the only one, one, though. The rest, the rest, that's yeah. that, that, that's a that's a very strong, at least right now in January of their first year. That's a good top yeah. one, other than other than Matherin, it's going very well, I would say. Yeah, so. and Matherin was at eleven, and then like Sohan, Jalen Williams, Giant Davis. That was the rest of my lottery. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think you're feeling very good, good about the Jalen Williams thing. He's been great. He looks very, very good, and he would. I, I have on pretty good authority that he would have been in the mix if the Hawks, if he fell to the Hawks, I mm. actually would, I, I would have been intrigued knowing what I know now to know who they would have taken. If both Jalen Williams and AJ Griffin made it to made it to the Hawks, that didn't happen. So they just took AJ and they were happy about it, mm. but uh, they, they like Jalen Williams a lot. I can tell you that right now. They were very he, high. As, as uh, every NBA person, I mean, the reason he went that high, and this is the thing you really have to project for. And it's kind of, it really is from the, public facing side of this you kind of have to guess oh he, yeah always. from what i heard well you know, we from what i heard he basically 100 percent crushed every single workout he did like there's a reason why like, he rose <laughs> yeah teams are like this guy's like a late 20s maybe 30s guy and then he was destroying people in workouts i won't say who but there's a there's a college big that he worked out against a few times that he slaughtered who's in the back in college this year that he that Jalen williams obliterated and that that's one of the things that got him taken pretty highly. So yeah, he that'll happen this year. And I have some guys. I part of my I'm starting to try and work that into my projections to like to where I have guys. And we can talk about that in a minute because it I think people might be confused as where I have like some wings compared to other wings who are performing better, who are having more productive seasons. Yeah. Um, one of the wings, one of the wings may or may not um, also go to a university that one of us may or may not be wearing right now. <laughs> uh, who, I think yes. will, who I think will destroy his workout sessions and, and go in the top 10. Well, it's, it's similar. Uh, that player and we'll come back to him. I think he had, he had a great week at one of the, uh, one of the showcases last year and got a lot of us. Um, that's going to be probably happening again, which we'll get into. Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, and the NBA is, of course, the main topic on this podcast. And things are very busy as 2023 is up and rolling now. But play football action out there as well, hockey, soccer, golf's getting back started again, and other action going on. So the action never stops at Bet Online, and it's the number one source for your wager information, your stats, and your news this season. Check out the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there, and beyond the big ones like football and basketball. They have golf and tennis and auto racing and horse racing, esports entertainment bets, and much more. Event Online is also very useful, engaging the latest on the Hawks. They have the point spreads, they have the over-unders, the money lines for a game-to-game basis, plus they have player props, they have futures, and much more. Event Online is also the fastest and easiest way for your sports betting fix right now. And if you like sports podcasts, you can also find those at Bet Online. Check out Bet Online on your mobile device or your computer to learn more about all of the trends and the action in the sports world. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you by TurboTax. You can go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes right now. Instead, meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do anything but your taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. 
unpack a moving box of not taxes, taste not taxes, sing a song that is not taxes, a lullaby, hope that non-taxes sleep through the night, grab a saddle ride, not taxes into the sunset. You get the idea. With TurboTax, 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from your start from start to finish. So you actually relax. It feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? And go to TurboTax right now and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Before we move on to like that group of players, I want to at least mm-hmm. touch on the guy you have at three and that I think is the consensus-ish three in Amen Thompson. Again, probably going to be out, out of the Hawks range, but uh, is he a clear three for you? Because I think that's it feels like, in talking to people around the league, it feels like he's kind of almost in, an own, in his own mini tier for some people. Is that kind of how you have it stacking up, or is he closer to the uh, guys behind him? I have Asar closer to him than I did a few months ago. Asar is playing great. Asar is his brother, um, by the way, if you don't know. Uh, they, they are they are the uh, brothers at Overtime Elite. Yeah, the, the real the differentiator from Amen to Asar is that Amen is like – this is the thing – I've had to discuss this a few times. I am I Amen is probably my favorite prospect of all time aesthetically. He is of the closest time. to he is the closest to what my my player always is in two K, which is a tall point <laughs> guard who never shoots, only does cool passes and dunks and and does and, lots and, of and, and guards and, and guards insanely. Like he's he's a ridiculous yeah. athlete. Like just I mean, if you have not seen first of all, I recommend watching overtime lead at some point and watch to see these guys play. Number but two the product has improved a lot. It's like oh man, I mean, and also, you know, I'm I'm local. Overtime Elite is, I don't know, seven miles from my from, from, my, from my apartment. It's not it's not very mm-hmm. far. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, Amin Thompson is a legitimately this it gets overused. He's a freak athlete. Like that guy is is a mon- he is, is a monster athlete. One of the best athletes that has ever played basketball. I mean that that sounds crazy, but I think you're I think you're right based on what I've seen. Like he's it's... six six seven six seven two hundred with a forty three plus introvert, a real forty three plus introvert, not a shade and sharp Keon Johnson one where they had them tank their standing reach so they could have a forty eight introvert. People NBA players don't have forty eight introverts. It doesn't happen. The only people who have forty eight to fifty introverts are like the Jordan Kilgannon like dunk like the guys who just do nothing but vert workouts and like wear those shoes. I would I would guess there's maybe like five guys in NBA history who have like Spud Webb might. Yeah. Spud, Spud Webb might have had a 48 inch vert. Jordan had like a 42, and that's crazy. Dominique Wilkins probably had like 42. Like, yeah, that's about as that's about as high as, as a six six plus guy can get. It's 42 43 inches, which is crazy because if these guys have, you know, seven foot two standing reach, that means they're getting like 13 feet in the air. So like, that's fine. That's more than enough. Gerald Green maybe have like 45. And and Amen and Asar are both like 43, 44, which is crazy for being 200 pounds. Like 200 pounds is not supposed to do that. But it's more than just like run, jump, Gerald Green style athleticism. Amen in particular, it's sometimes it's like he has hoverboards on his feet, like the way he can move his feet and the way he can reposition himself to do these crazy finishes, which he actually is a little too reliant on, which is why his half-court finishing numbers are okay. That's That's an issue for a guy who can't really shoot, but... The thing with the men that I'm really, really trying to hammer home, you see a thing a lot with, especially the guys who are not like consensus. Scotty Barnes got this some, and I was guilty of it. Franz Wagner got this some. Um, all the guys who end up in like the three to ten range, who are like good, not great prospects. Suggs got it. You'll see a, a scouting report or like a mock that'll talk about what they're good at for like two sentences to be like, yeah, he's pretty good at with the men. It'd be like 
he's a good ball handler and a good athlete and pretty good at defense. <laughs> and then at the rest of it is like, but here's all his weaknesses. And it's like, you really need to hammer home. Like this guy is not a good athlete. He is one of the best athletes alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a pretty good passer. He makes some of the most violent. Like I can't, I, I don't understand how he's not, why he's not a quarterback. He throws like, like Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick velocity passes. Like, I don't know how people catch him and they're insanely accurate. And he does like full court passes. Like, it's like Lamelo had. Lamelo is a great example. People love to talk about what he wasn't good at, and then just acted like he was. I don't know, like Monte Morris. I love Monte Morris, but like he, yeah, he's a pretty good point guard. He's a floor general. It's like no, Lamelo is a crazy passer. Yeah, like Trey. Trey Espe- got it too. especially Trey, from Trey especially from six seven, like whatever yeah. whatever Lamelo. And that's the thing about this. Uh, he has the size too. I mean, I mean, it's I think yeah. is he is he six seven listed? He's six seven. Like They're six seven. They're six six. Yeah. Six, seven. So I mean, the combination of the feel. The passing, the all that, and then the defense and the athleticism. Like you mentioned, the shot briefly. You know, the shot is the huge question. Obviously, his mm-hmm. shooting is not established, um, but still, like, yeah, it's just not. It doesn't have it. He doesn't have it yet. They've been working, and he's getting better at his elbow. But well, they, he need they need they need they need like a full. He needs like a full Chip England type. He, they need yeah. That, he needs that, the or, Fred, Fred Vincent or whatever. Like. You know, but I think that the crazy thing is about Amen. I mean, you can correct me because I'm still way behind where I should be on draft stuff. But he he's the rare guy where even if you assumed he just could never shoot, he still could be like legitimately yeah. awesome, which is yeah. hard to do. If you're only uh, I shouldn't say only, but if you're a six seven perimeter player and you literally can't shoot, it is hard to be really 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 good. But he has the tools to be really really good even without shooting. It's like. Uh, it's different than Ben Simmons, but like, prime, yeah. But the, well, the difference is that they both both brothers will shoot. They will take shots. Yeah, he shoots. No, it's not like he's not. He's not afraid to shoot. He just not. He's not a good shooter. Right I now. think that's, a that's, men's real problem. I think he could be a respectable high twenties to like thirty two percent spot up shooter. I think he's okay at that. The real problem with a men's shot is he doesn't ever settle for like sixty words, which he should. You got to sometimes. Asar is pretty good at that. Asar. Because Asar is more like he's fun because he's wired more like uh, uh you'll remember these guys, all the next Jordan guys, Stackhouse, Richardson, <laughs> Miss Carter. He kind of plays yeah. more like that, where he's more like aggressive. Um, Asar is probably he's, better, he's much, at, much like, more of a score, right? Like it's it's yeah. like wiring. He's much more of like a, I'm going to score, whereas Amen is like more of a distributor. You nature. can see the things that the, they're they're fun because identi- they're physically basically identical. I think a man, like I said, a man is a little more uh, has a little more of that crazy like Shea style weird coordination, and Asar is probably a little bit bigger, like a little bit stronger. But they're fun because they they basically t- it's like you took it's like a nature versus nurture argument. Where you took two identical they're basically clones of each other, two yeah. clones of like Vince Carter, and made them play together for their entire lives. So, like, the things that a man is and it doesn't do, Asar does, and the things that Asar doesn't do. The best example is defensively. The only way I can describe them is Asar is a shutdown corner. Asar goes on. He goes on the best player on the other team and guards them. And if he ever makes a mistake, a man is there as the free safety to cover for him. Like, a man, a man is much more of, like, the team defense rotating, like, Lonzo deflections guy, while Asar is more straight up like a heater. Like, Asar... And they're both good at it, but like Asar goes on the Rob Dillingham that they play, or the the Mikey Williams that they play, and those guys do not have a good time. 
Any yeah. elite high school guard who's not there's no other elite high school guards who are six seven two hundred pounds with a seven foot wingspan and huge athletes. Asar just like bullies them, just beats the shit out of them. It's great. <laughs> They're really I mean, fascinating to watch as far as defensive, and they also have. I really wish there was a way for them to play together still, because they have like this mind. They have the mind meld. Like they just the tw- they have the twin thing going where just they just know what's well, going on. It's, if it's a guy you played with, it's a guy you've been, they've been playing with for twenty years now. And it does more importantly, it's a, it's a guy who could do all the stuff that you can do. So it, it's really, you can tell when they, one of them will get a rebound and just throw it. It, it looks like they're just throwing it out of bounds at the end of the game. And the other one will just run under it. Like it's a touchdown pass, catch it. Dunk. Because yeah. they just know without even having to look like, oh, I know where he's going to be because that's where I would be if I was him, which is really fascinating. They are the city Reapers team. They took Ja'Kai Howard off of there. He was doing playing too well. They took Samto Cyril. Those are both like elite high school prospects. They basically traded away all their other like legit prospects because they were beating all the other teams up too badly, and they're still like eleven. <laughs> they still haven't lost yet, and they probably won't. Well, there you because go. Because there's just nobody. There's just no other athletes that can. They're yeah, they're incredible. And the thing with OTEs, like it's not a it's not college level competition, but it's like a AAU circuit competition. They're not they're not playing like you know Zion those videos of Zion playing against like guys our size. Yeah, they're, they're a bunch of, yeah, a bunch the of level, They're not playing those guys. No, it's not ridiculous in any way. I've you know I've never been like tempted to throw out anything I've seen. Like I haven't watched as much as you, I'm sure, you should, but like you nothing looks crazy to me. Like they're not playing against children. Like it, it is what it yeah. is. Um, the all that to say, with any any clip you see of any player anywhere, the rim is the same height. Those quarters are the same size. Like the guy is doing a windmill from near the free throw line. He's doing a. He, he's not. It's not an eight foot hoop. He's not playing on a nerf hoop. He's not playing in a little tiny, like a little height, little auxiliary gym that's like got a six foot free throw line. Like it's the same proportions everywhere. So, right. um, so obviously, uh, it's clear that you like Amen a lot. <laughs> um, I, I think aesthetically, from... he is my he speaks to me in a way. Yes, and I I know that about you, and the fact that he his tools are ridiculous, and I, I like him a lot too. Like from what I've seen, I'm really really intrigued. Um, as far as the source concerned, like if I think based on what I have seen, consensus wise, you are higher on him than most people. Does that sound right to to you? Yeah, I feel like he, I think... he's usually in that like back half of the maybe middle back half of the lottery. Whereas like I think you have yeah. him, what four or five. I think he could he had been four. four. He could be. Uh, it's really, I'm really just waiting for the other for any of the college guys to get healthy and to really assert themselves. Yeah, he if any of the top four are going to drop for me, it'll be him. But it's not. He's still sure. playing great. It's more and, just, you know, his defense is really good I've too, by the way. Before. We should say, like, his defense, I know you talked about him being more of the on-ball primary guy, but, like, he, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really good defensively. He's a more natural shooter. Like, there's a lot of stuff to like about him. Like, it's not like he uh, – I've seen, like, big gaps, but I get it because I, I like him on, I like Amen better too, but I don't think it's – the gap's not, like, enormous at all between no. the two in my mind. So, um, then is I think the thing is, Asar is probably just going to end up being a, a two guard, like a two three classic wing scorer, and he could be very good at that. I think the thing with a man is just we don't we still don't really know what he could be. Like, the possibility space with a man is there's so many different angles to him being like an elite, like a superstar NBA player. I just don't know, like, possibilities with him are, are like kind of crazy, like, really hard to predict. Which is what makes him just more interesting, I think. Yeah, I mean, again, I would encourage people to watch 
the two of them. I mean, I, they're going to get a lot less attention mm-hmm. because they're an overtime elite and because they're not Scoot and Vit, Vic. And I get that. And that's, that's, it's, it makes sense, but uh, they are guys you need to know if you're a, if you're a draft observer, if you're a, a, a diehard NBA fan, like you, you need to know the Thompson if, twins. If they weren't already highly rated, like uh, they would be the guys I would guarantee you. Like if they were, if there were mocks still saying that they were going to be like 12 or 13, I would be on here telling, swearing to you that the second those guys walk into an NBA workout, do, do interviews, by the way, that's a big thing for NBA teams. Uh, Amanda and the star are both, possibly geniuses like they're extremely intelligent uh off the court there's there's not a single thing about them that that like they have like kevin ollie mike miller was there dave latow they have like a lot of real ryan gomes and those guys all any any interview you could find with them are like these are two of the most dedicated like serious minded and like they will be good nba players yeah, and um, they're they're a little bit older than people realize. They're mm-hmm. they're already, already twenty. They I think, should have or, been in last year's draft. Yeah, they just yeah. are. They're turning twenty. They're about to be soon. twenty. Yeah, yeah. there's something. You know, so it's their age twenty season in some ways, but uh, that's not going to scare me off. And, and going back fun. full going back full circle, like they're both six seven, great wing size athletes, and every team needs those guys. So mm-hmm. uh, that brings it all back from our discussion earlier. I do want to move on now to the guys uh, who are mostly college players, but there's this um, kind of big group, um, however, whatever the order you might have, you know, your Cam Whitmore from Villanova, your Brandon Millers, your uh, Nick Smith, who's not playing right now from Arkansas, yeah. who's banged up. Um, I, I guess Max Lewis is rising from Pepperdine. Case of Wallace is not quite, quite wing size, but uh, he kind of plays wing. Um, I know you have, have affection for Bryce Sensible <laughs> from Ohio State. Um uh, we can, we can go where, where, yeah, we can go wherever I'll, you want I'll on this. I'll start with the, the three. So before the season, to me, the three obvious guys who could challenge that top group in college were Cam Whitmore, Nick Smith Jr., and Dariq Whitehead. They've all been injured. Cam Whitmore had a ligament injury in his shooting thumb that kept him out for the first like eight games and pretty much yep. the entire preseason. Nick Smith has had some kind of recurring meniscus thing going on that's really I, bothering I, I will, him. I will say uh, I heard – not I'm not reporting anything. This is just kind of people are worried he may not play again in college. Like yeah, that's I don't think I, he may not. Yeah, it's, that's that's it's, been out. That's been out. I'm not. No, no one said it. No one's out said that. But like that's been like kind of in the ether the last couple of days and weeks. Like not even anybody like saying he won't. But like they're just kind of more wondering aloud. Like is he not going to? He, he may not play anymore because that's my he have, Yeah, he's he's got a knee thing and like I think he's barring something crazy in his medical. He'll be a top ten pick without playing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So there's not a a lot of reason for him to come back and play in some ways. So. The hope is that it's not something that needs surgery, and he was just trying to play through it, and it just was bothering him too much, which it was definitely bothering him. He wasn't – he's not very bursty, and it's already a problem. But then him and then Dariq Whitehead, who broke his foot in the preseason and very obviously gained like 15 pounds. And it's just yeah, now he, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Duke, by the way, and Duke is kind of – we can talk about Derek Lively later, but like Duke's Duke's prospect guys are not having a lot of fun, and Duke's teams not having. I mean, they're not terrible, but I think they have they already four losses. They're not playing well, and yeah, it's been veterans over the freshman lot. Of, it's a it's been a weird Duke team, not, not as bad as Kentucky's been, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, the roster construction for this Duke team never made sense. It, it, so, it, sounds like have, sounds like Duke, Duke team to me. That's what happens. Yeah, at Duke. It, it's a very confusing, very confusing team. Um, 
but yeah, so Whitmore is is doing the best of those three because he didn't have a lower body injury. He just had to figure out his hand. He was the dig riser in the uh, summer circuit. He killed at hoops at the hoops on it. He had one of the all time what will be an all time great uh, FIBA youth team run at the at the FIBA Americas under seventeen championship where he um, looked like I don't know Kenyon Martin. I don't know he was he. For 36, he was putting up like 38 and 25. He was just obliterating these poor kids. He's just he had a, in, he's in a six monster games, in some ways. In six games, he had like 45 dunks. It's crazy. Well, and I mean, I, I haven't seen him as much as you again. I always give that caveat, but like he, his power game, like and his like his finishing around the rim, like he's got a lot of uh, a lot of juice for a guy who is a freshman it's, in college. <laughs> he's a very uh, physical strong kind of just monster the way the way i described him the way i've been describing him he is if someone just told you over the phone what zion was in high school that's what you'd think he was came with more he's like i think big strong huge like six six huge guy who just his whole game is just overpowering people at the rim being super explosive can shoot a little bit but he's not like it hasn't come together fully yet he is very young He's pretty young for this class. I think he's the most likely guy to be like a top five player from this class because I think he will shoot. And if he shoots, he's like a 20, 25 game freaking scorer because he's just, he finishes everything. He's an awesome finisher. Defense is fine. It's yeah, really I mean, he's he's physical. I don't, I don't like, I don't like to use the word uh, safe on a, on an 18 year old like this, but like, he he seems to be the guy outside of the top three that is like in the most top sixes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he seems mm-hmm. to be the kind of the consensus for not necessarily four for everyone, but like the guy who like I haven't seen many boards that don't have Cam Whitmore in the top six or seven. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I would say. So people yeah. are kind of in on him, and I and I get it. He's playing well. Villanova's been kind of off the radar, or not great this year, but it's not because of him. Like he's he's playing well, and like you well, said, they were he, he they were time too. two and five without him. And there you go. So, that that explains some of that. And they've been uh, they've been they've been perfectly fine. But they didn't have Justin Moore either, their best returning player who tore his Achilles in the tournament. Well, it, it got it got very. I mean, you you can imagine it got very lazy. Like OJ oh, Wright's gone, so now they stink because they had losses. And I get it. I mean, Jay Wright's awesome, but like it, they had some roster issues, just like Arkansas is mm-hmm. kind of the same thing with, with Nick Smith. And like they've had all, all kinds of injuries in Arkansas this year. It hasn't just been Nick Smith either. But um, I yeah. mean. Just to kind of put the, the the point on Nick Smith, he's a little bit different. He's more of a he's more of a guard because he's like what six, he's like five six, six four six five. Four. So he's more of a guard, but like he has good length and is really talented. And again, we, we may not see him again, but he was highly. I mean, a lot of people had him as the number one guy coming out of high school, like not a, not, a, not not college wise, I mean, not yeah, yeah. He's a scoring machine, yeah. Really talented, and obviously, I wish we could see him play more at Arkansas. Yeah, and he was yeah. one of the reasons why they were projected to be a really good team this year. Um, he's not the only guy there. Anthony Black is a, is a real prospect. Is on that on that team. They still. had they had five they had five top sixty five guys for me at one point, which is, which is uh, not easy to do. Uh, you know, Jordan Walsh, I think, is a guy who's maybe a first round pick um, yes. on that roster. Uh, why am I blanking on the other on the other guy who's just, uh, Ricky Council? Uh, Ricky Council. And then um, Jervon Brazil, who uh, yeah, Jervon Brazil is, is now out for the season. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're 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 still loaded. Like Arkansas is a team that if you are a prospect watcher, would be good to observe, even if they don't mm-hmm. have if it, even without Nick Smith. But if he's there, um, he's intriguing. And uh, is he? I'm not sure. He's like he's not a he's not a point guard. Is he? Is he a point guard? I mean, he's more. Of I a think scorer. he probably will be. No, I think, he he probably, be I think he'll, be, he'll be a point guard. I think in the same way that like 
CJ McCollum kind of is. Where it's like that he just sense. has to have the ball. He has to have the ball to really do stuff. But he's yeah. an awesome spot up shooter. Nick Nick can really shoot. He's got crazy range. He's got like he's one of those guys who shoots like 17, 18 foot floaters. Um he just has like super high craft game already built in, which is great because even with this knee injury, he's not like super fast or he's not really like a power athlete, really. He's real thin. But he just has that that juice. I don't know how else to describe it. He can just score. He can hoop. Yeah, he's, I, he's, he's definitely a scorer. And if a team like San Antonio or somebody who just doesn't have like a lead guard, they miss still might take him. His medicals come back clean or not not dirty. I guess is the better way to say it. <laughs> yeah, um, you're you won't be surprised by this. Uh, I I like Anthony Black quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not 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 a super high upside play, but more of like yeah. a connector, uh, connector defender. Like just moves the ball. Like he's efficient. He's he's uh for people that listen to this podcast, they probably are not surprised that I really I really like the profile of a of a role playing wing that can help do a lot of different stuff, and that's kind of what he seems to be. And he won't he won't be I don't think a top ten pick, but uh, maybe a late lottery guy. Something oh, like he that. could be. He could be. Yeah, Depends I, I like team. him. I like him a lot. Uh, well, those probably... those kind of guys those kind of guys are going higher than they used to because Giddy was. I don't think people were surprised by Giddy at six. He's been awesome. Dyson Daniels was that was this a kind of a higher pick people thought. He that, did go that high archetype, by the end. That connector archetype, the Lonzo archetype is kind of what I call it. That's what it is, really. Well, yeah, that archetype is is, it, is growing it, in value. It's very helpful. I mean, why why wouldn't it be in a lot of ways? As would be what I would say. I mean, yeah. he's a different he's a different player, different uh, kind of position physically, but like. I also love Jarris Walker from Houston, who is more mm-hmm. of a more of a is probably more of a four, like, but defensively is a is a monster. Like that's again a low upside offensive player in some ways, but like extremely. Yeah, I mean he has, he has some ball handling ability. He, he does. He had to do a lot of that at, at IMG last year and was like pretty good at it. But yeah, he's he's not really like a like he has a weird trend tendency to. I don't know if people are going to know what I'm talking about. You know that floater that Cade Cunningham takes when he shouldn't take it, where he like will put his hand up and kind of fall away and just let it go. That's yeah. not a high efficiency shot. Ferris takes that shot too often for a six eight two thirty guy. He shouldn't. Um, he goes for like finesse finishes at the rim too often, but he yeah. can shoot a little bit. Like he can handle a little bit. But Jarris is Jarris is, is is his defense is so is so good. Yeah, I was gonna say it's um, really good. And he's like what like a, he's a seven foot wingspan guy. He's super strong, um, switchable, knows how to play. You know, Houston, I'm a sicko and love watching Houston. Um, he's part of the reason why. Like that's yeah. a guy where again, he probably won't be a top ten pick, but would love to have that guy on my team <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Um, he should be. If you're yeah, gonna go with team. like just Kyle, if we're gonna just focus on the defensive role players, then we gotta bring my my good friend Case and Wallace into this mix because he I was literally him. next on my list. I love Case and Wallace. Uh, so Kaysen is if if, if uh, Anthony Black is in the Dyson Daniels Lonzo archetype, Kaysen is in the Drew Holiday Alex Caruso archetype. Where he is a point guard in position, but he is 6'4", 200 pounds and can defend like college fours. Not that can defend him like kind of beats them up. Like he can defend way up. He's just uh, um, it's not even a secret that steal rate is important. This there's di- there's different kinds of steal rate. There's like the deflection guy, there's the you know, recovery team defense guy, and then there's a guy who just takes the ball out of people's hands. And Kaysen just does that all the time. Alex Caruso is why I thought of him because Alex Caruso had like a six steal rate in Texas at, at in college because he would just 
when someone was dribbling, you know, college players especially love to do, do set up dribbles for no reason while the rest of the team kind of runs around to figure out the play. Sure do. They'll do that, and Casey will just run up and take the ball away and knock them down. He does it all the time. Uh, he's just an awesome steals guy. Um, Kaysen does not take sh- – this is where he's different from Drew, I guess. He does not take shots that he can't hit, which is why he's still shooting like 44% from three and like 60% on twos. He only takes shots he can hit. He rotates. He play. He, def- he, he will defend one through three at the NBA level at least. And he's just cool. I don't know. He just has cool vibes, no, he- plays super hard. I, I absolutely yeah. love him. Uh, I will ask you. I'll ask you this question because uh, it's going to matter eventually. What do you make of his shooting? The free, the free throw shooting is kind of weirdly bad in a small sample size. Like, I think he's can, fine. I think he'll be, he fine. be fine he'll as be a shooter. shooter. Okay, then because I, I trust you. I mean, if he can shoot adequately, I I can't imagine him not being extremely valuable. I mean, of, he's he's much better as a spot up shooter than one of his other comps, the Anthony Melton. And Melton is not like a good shooter, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah, no, I, I had not thought of the Melton comp. He's, uh, I think, taller than Melton. Maybe not. I mean, maybe yes. similar length. And Melton, I mean, Melton, Melton's spiritually, very spiritually, yeah. Anthony Melton is six foot five. Agreed, I'm but you know six. that Melton was a guy that I know it blew people, it blew our minds. You, me, and others, like why he fell so far. Like I had him in the top twenty of that draft. He fell way too far, and I think that was obviously wrong. I think, I think. You know, certainly in the same mold with Wallace. I would have him. I have him in the lottery for sure. I love. I love Wallace. Um, I think he will go. I think he will go. Like, because again, he's going to be uh, when, the, when they do the workouts, the team work, the individual player workouts. He's going to. He, he's going to destroy people. Like he's just going to bully he, a lot of these. He players. might. He might get the Kentucky bump too. Like he's. A, he's not really mm-hmm. a traditional Kentucky bump guy. He's not someone who's like being underused by Cal on offense. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. But still, like, there's that weird record of especially you know shooting guard size players going too far, going too low from Kentucky this is a bad Kentucky team so maybe the juice does not like he doesn't get as much of attention because they're, they're they're just bad like that they might it's, it's much better <laughs> it's much better to give all of you, all of your uh, ball handling reps to a five foot eight guy who can't shoot that's always a good idea right former uh, Georgia Bulldogs of your wheeler is that you're talking about yes um anyway moving on but yeah no I, can't I, I I don't know why he can't I, shoot. It's, I, I like <laughs> I like Ace Wallace quite a bit as well. Um, who else we got? Oh, there was another guy I wanted to mention. I'm trying to find it in my notes right now. That was kind of oh, like similar player guy. Yeah, well, similar in the in the sense of like I don't know what to make of him. Really, they're a different player than the guys we just talked about. But a guy I, I have a question mark over, and it's uh, it's Brandon Miller from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So. Brandon Miller I, I, was like a very fast riser for people that don't know. Like he's a six, nine shooting forward. He really, really rose quickly early in the year. He was, he was just making a ton of shots early in the season, like just shooting heck on the ball. And like, I get what the theory might be, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. He's shooting 42% on twos, I think for the season, which is yeah, not the question. Great for Brandon guy. Miller, the question you have to have, if you're a big Brandon Miller guy, like you still see him at three at some places, which is crazy because he's old. No, he's, that, I can't see that. He he is he will be twenty almost twenty one by the time the season starts. Um, As a fresh, it, it, he's, a, he's a one and done. By the way, an old, a very old one yeah. and done. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yes. The the question you have to have with Brandon Miller is like what this is a scalability question. That's why we just talked about those guys. Those guys, Anthony Black, Jarris, Casey Wallace, will see NBA minutes the way Tari Eason is seeing NBA minutes. And Dyson Daniels is seeing NBA minutes. Know that Jaden Hardy is not. Um, 
and he's a very different player than Jay Hardy, but like you really have to. It's a thing. It, Luca Garza got this. People were like, "Why wouldn't he be a top, like a top forty-five pick?" He's average. Look at his points, and it's like he's not good. Yeah. Is is Brandon Miller going to be like a twenty-eight usage guy in the NBA? Because you can't be a forty. You can't be a forty-three percent shooter at the rim and do that. Who gets blocked all the time by like, well, Darius Jar- 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 Walker got it three times in the first half of that Houston game. And he just stopped. Brian, but, I, I, I just I just scrolled down something you sent me and saw your NBA comp, NBA comp for Brandon mm-hmm. Miller, and I almost started mm-hmm. laughing on the air. It's, uh, <laughs> and it's very similar. People had – well, there's one thing I, – I like oh, him more than this player, but, and a Hawks fan will know this player when I, when I mention him. But the thing, the thing they both have in common is people overrate their athleticism because it looks smooth, which is really just to say that they can't jump. And that player is, uh, is Cam Reddish. That player is Cam Reddish. And uh, now I think I, I think Brandon Miller is better at the ancillary stuff. Like I think he's a pretty good passer. The thing is, with the, uh, I will he's say he's a better he shooter. Has, he's a better shooter too. I think. Yes. Yeah, he's, at least, he's at least a, a more pr- at least a more proven shooter. Because like, I still think Cam might be able to shoot better than he has. But you know, he didn't shoot forty four percent from three in college like Brandon Miller is. We're right going to be thinking that when he was like he's like thirty three. Well, yeah, that's um, the thing. I mean, and I've, I've, I've famously said I, I continue to hold out for the day that the light bulb comes on for Cam and he realizes what he could be as a role player, but he doesn't want to be that player. Um, anyway, I, I, I had to laugh because of the two point shooting and the lack of burst because that, those are the things that always flagged skeptics about Cam because mm-hmm. he, he just he couldn't ever finish at the rim. He still can't, and he's not a great athlete. And everyone is shocked when you tell when you, when you say that. And I think the same thing applies to Brandon Miller. I've obviously seen him a lot less than Cam, who I've seen play a million minutes at this point. But guys who, to your point, like they have good size, but that doesn't mean you have good burst. You might look smooth. You might look. And um, it's not even so much the burst with Brandon. I don't think it's the burst. Like he gets pretty low. He's a pretty good craft guy, which is why I'm, I've been encouraged by some. He's working in some like little hop step finishes, or like where he, instead of going to the rim, he stops at like the circle and shoots a little floater, and like that's the stuff he's gonna have to work with, but. But what I was going to say with Brandon is if you are drafting him thinking like this is going to be our number one scorer, you were going, you were making a mistake. But if you were drafting him like the Jazz, maybe you draft him or somebody like in, in the late, like some really anywhere after five, I'm fine with or like the Pelicans. That's a great fit for him because like they don't need a number one scorer, but yeah. do they need a, they can use a six, nine guy who can really shoot and like makes a lot of nice connected passes and is tries hard on defense. So, so Trey Murphy, yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Trey's Trey's kind of a different athlete, but yeah, I yeah I'm just saying like very similar. The reason I'm not being super pessimistic on Brandon is the bad games he's had. The Houston game, he was he just couldn't hit a shot. The Carolina game, he was like four for twenty. I still wouldn't say he played poorly. Like he still was no. Doing I, I like him too. Like him. so, I, I think in typical fashion of a draft cycle. The hype got out of control because he was mm-hmm. making everything the first couple of weeks of the season, which is fine. Like I, he's still a good shooter. It wasn't a fluke. He's an excellent shooter. Yeah, it, it wasn't a fluke that he made a bunch of shots. But I think he went from a guy who was kind of maybe a top twenty player for some people to a top five player for some people, and that mm-hmm. that jump was not um, probably shouldn't have happened. But I, I yeah. like him. I, I think he's probably a lot of late, late, maybe late lottery guy. Like he's a good he's a good prospect, no question about it. Um, yeah, he's not Paul George. Well, that's the people, comp everybody. I mean, that's the comp everybody uses. That's the one comp. It's like it's like kind of like Kawhi for any wing that's yes. like a late riser. Paul George it's is Kawhi, the one for this player type. Um, 
that was only the one that always won the cam got. I mean, Cam got, cam got the, the PG thing with, with Cam yes. happened over and over. It's still happening now. It's like, oh, well, maybe maybe Paul George. I'm like, okay, well, Paul George is an Why Paul George and Pascal Siakam are three cops people <laughs> should not use because you did not watch those players in college. Paul no. George, his entire thing in college was he was a crazy athlete who had no skill. That was Correct. his entire. It was like Jalen Brown. He, he was like he couldn't Jalen dribble. Brown. He, he, he kind of still can. Paul, Paul George no. uh, has improved his ball handling fifty fold since he was a college mm-hmm. prospect. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's hard, and it's really but it's people, one of the things about draft stuff in general was like you have mm-hmm. to not remove the outliers from your mind, but you can't you can't comp off of outliers. And it's like outlier development guys they do yeah. happen. We're and we're, we're all going to be wrong, but saying that this guy is going to be the next one to take a Kawhi jump is like. Kawhi made a ridiculous jump offensively. Like the fact that even during the NBA, like Kawhi, when he was the early finals MVP with the Spurs as like their fourth best player versus the guy he became in Toronto is a comical improvement. Like that, like you can't project that improvement. Yeah. The other thing is you you can't do either. You can't be like this player is 70% is Pascal Siakam. That doesn't work. Is that like (laughs) Rudy Gay? What is, what is, what is 70%? Well, the, the big one is like he could be eighty percent as good as Steph Curry. Oh, so he could be Seth Curry, like what? Who's a good yeah. player, but that's not a yeah. guy you're changing your uh, your franchise for. Uh, not with anyway. Make that was the a... comp, make the comp to Seth Curry. Then that's the thing yeah. I've been trying to do more. Um, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's 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 people don't having no methodology. They don't have any like year by year. They just kind of make whatever comparisons they want. There's. there's well, there, okay, I won't say there's not a Paul George in this draft because there might be, but it's not Brandon Miller. Uh, Brandon Miller, Good like team. I said, reddish. I think he's going to be better than that. Um, I'm just trying to think of like... Well, the shooting's better. I mean, not, not to pick on Cam, but yeah. um, I, I think Brandon Miller is much much easier as a plug-and-play role player than Cam mm-hmm. because of the shooting. And it's not and it's not that Cam can't shoot, but like... Brandon Miller is a better shooter prospect. And I can say, and, I can say this. I, I, I feel confident because I, I actually, this is, I had to learn this lesson because I was, it's almost like I have player types that I like. And then I have guys that don't like the best example for me is I should love Rajon Rondo because he plays basketball the cool way I like, but he's like he something is, about yeah. him. Something about him was like, it was almost like he was a mockery of that play type. And I hated him <laughs> for it. And cam, I had camp too. In that draft, I loved Cam pre-college, yeah. and even the first like ten games, I loved Cam. And then when it turned, I just was like, "Oh, never mind." Like, "Oh, this guy's the anathema of all the things I love." He well, must, he's, he, my he's a guy, and not, again, he, he's a guy that the more you watch, the more frustrating it is mm-hmm. in some ways because of what it could be. But anyway, we'll avoid that tangent anymore that we've already done it. All right, that will do it for part one of this two-part episode. As a reminder, part two should be available in your feed right now. So we're listening to this podcast on an audio platform or watching on YouTube. Part two will be available right now. Subscribe to the podcast, check out Brian's work, and we'll see you over at part two next time.